Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. Hey guys, welcome back to the Youth Fitness Podcast. We're going to be talking about how to bulletproof athletes for sport today. We mentioned that we'll be going through various sports that we see our athletes come to us that they're playing. Might be training them middle of the season. We might be saying, hey, go enjoy the season and then come back to us once it's done. But today we're going to be talking about soccer. World Cup just happened. And uh, so we thought that this would be the most appropriate sport to start with. Um, Worldwide, the most popular sport. And we're going to be talking about how to keep athletes safe and what we've found works in terms of training soccer athletes. So some of the most common injuries, let's start there. What are some of the issues that we see soccer players coming to us with? Some of the injuries that they've had, let's start with those. So the top, let's say four or five injuries, let's go with those. Ankle sprain. Yeah, ankle sprain, knee sprains. The big one, ACL tear. So ACL tear or meniscal tear. Right. So those, that's a few right off the bat. So we see immediately the biggest issues involving the knee joint and then the ankle joint. And I'd be willing to bet that 99% of the problems are actually happening down the chain. And we're seeing the issue actually come from not the knee itself, but the ankle itself. So what is it? What, what, yeah. So tell us what you see and, and cause I think, you know, if a parent is listening, what are they, what are they seeing? What, what should they be looking for? And when you're talking about the knee injury and coming from down chain, what are we looking at? Well, we're looking at the ankle being weak or the foot collapsing. Mm-hmm. So if somebody, if you, if you've been told that your child has a flat foot, mm-hmm. something like that, what that, what we see is that that flat foot, that ankle collapsing is driving the knee inward, which causes it, which puts that knee at risk. Right. Right. So if we look at yeah, if we look at the ankle, right, we should have a nice arch through the foot, and that supports the the ankle to be stacked on top of itself rather than rolling inward. And what we see a lot of times is a weak arch, lack of control at the the glute, no external rotation of the femur, and we see as a byproduct of that a flat foot, and then the ankle is kind of rolled inward on itself. So that can cause immediate issues up the chain, the next joint at the knee. So you know we talked about. Knee sprains, meniscal tears, ACL tears, those issues, those primary issues happening at the knee. Yeah, the majority of the issues are being found at the knee, but they're being caused by the ankle and the lack of stability and strength there. So the base, right? If there's the back to the base. Yeah. Right. I think you hit on two things. One is the weak ankle and the weak foot. And the second thing is that weak, the weak glute, the weak, mm-hmm. the weak muscles surrounding the hip that allows that hip to fall in, fall in or that femur to to rotate inward rather than externally rotate. When you watch the glutes actually activate, 
So you'll see somebody actually activate the glutes. You'll watch the femur rotate, and then you'll actually see something interesting happen with the feet. You'll watch the toes grip the ground, and then the arch of the foot activate. You'll see an, a, a nice arch happen. We actually had some athletes that were walking around our gym that they would walk around flat-footed, but then when you would ask them to squat, you would watch the glutes activate, a nice brace happen, and you would see the femurs externally rotate, and then the arch of the foot engage. We'll put a, a shout-out to an Instagram post where we show external rotation of the femur. We have an yeah. athlete do that beautifully, and they have a great post on that, on the Brandex methods. We'll, we'll put that into the show notes so you guys can check that out. Yep. So... Understanding the problems, how do we go about fixing those problems? How do we go about bulletproofing this athlete so they don't get hurt? What's the first place to start? So what I've always done is kind of broken it down into three pieces. There's three major reasons in my mind that faults can happen. And those faults in movement happen through a lack of motor pattern training. They happen through a lack of stability around joints or mobility. Right. So there are athletes are being placed with non-contact injuries, right? Non-contact injuries are the, these injuries are happening because there's a lack of mobility, right? It's a new range of motion and they're being forced there very quick. They're unstable. So they have no hand stability around a joint that they need strength and stability in, or they don't know how to put their body into the proper position. So they're constantly in the wrong position as a byproduct. So motor pattern training, stability, mobility, that's the cure really to most sports injuries. And it's also a place, unfortunately, that we see a little bit of a lacking lack of focus. Sports-specific coaches, often we see a lot of skill training and, and not really focusing on some of these really primary things that are going to help support those athletes. And so that's, that's a good reason to make sure that both parents and coaches have an eye for, hey, shouldn't we be addressing this so we can really protect that athlete? I think that we come back to the idea that over time, these injuries have become accepted and they don't have to be accepted. We, you know, you can't, you can't fix the contact injury. You know, the, the cleat is stuck in the ground and the person gets hit sideways. There's no amount of training that's going to fix that. But this, the young lady steps and turns and has her knee go out. That's something we, we, you know, or wasn't, jumps wasn't, and goes up to, right. to head the ball. Right. We haven't seen, we have, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't see those injuries happening right. at the rate that they're happening now. So um, folk, a little focus on this training can help. And I know that uh, right next method, there is the uh, home parent and home coaches product where they have, where we laid out, like, what does a squat look like? How do we teach the squat? What do, and we can, you know, people can go there if they don't have the training to be, uh, you know, a strength and conditioning coach training and get some, some guidance on, on how to work with their kids on the motor pattern training, which right. is what we're talking about. Yeah. And if we're going to look at that, right, like motor pattern training, we have stability and then mobility as our three pieces are, are, are kind of our roadmap to, to fixing these potential issues down the road that can cause injuries. It's important to understand that motor pattern training and mobility are kind of tied together. And what I mean by that is, yes, we're, we're learning new positions, but the only reason that an athlete is immobile is because they have not put themselves in those positions frequently. And so as we're learning new positions, we should constantly be trying to add more range of motion to these positions and spend more time in the furthest range that we possibly can hold good positioning with, allow the athlete to experience those new ranges of motion. One of my favorite quotes 
And I've said since the beginning of uh, coaching is new range of motion is weak range of motion. You take an athlete that doesn't spend a lot of time in the bottom of the squat and you try and load up the bottom of the squat. How, how effective is that? Is that going to be for a movement for them? Are they even going to be able to come out of that position? The, the likelihood of that is, is small. So uh, spending time in the new ranges of motion is extremely important. And that's where tempo training, pause reps, really forcing time under tension in those new positions becomes extremely important for these athletes. We come with to the Brandex method, we come with this idea of base build boost and base is learning how to control your own body in space. Build is taking those things and building good movement patterns and then boost we can actually train and 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 become strong and, and add load speed, load and, speed and complexity. So you're really talking about this this middle this middle piece of, of build and taking an athlete and you know putting them in the bottom squat and telling them to pause and mm-hmm. hold that and get and gain strength in that in that position. Mm-hmm. For people who don't understand what tempo training is or pause training is, maybe can you do a quick discussion of that one? Yeah. So all we're doing is we're forcing the musculature around the joints to work harder for longer. So let's say we have an athlete that can squat 225 pounds for three reps, pristine form. We might take 80% of that, that three rep, call it somewhere around, you know, 180 pounds. And we'll have them do three repetitions, maybe three, five sets of three seconds negative. So they're controlling the descent, still want pristine form, and then maybe a pause at the bottom position, one, two seconds, and then stand up as fast as they can. But keeping good technique through that is going to increase the amount of time that their muscles are working. It's also going to force them to experience the, the, the range of motion and in a loaded fashion, which is going to simulate, you know, speed on the field, things of that nature for longer. And if we're taking a young child at home who is learning, you know, this new position, learning this new squat. Um, we would use the same idea. They're you know unloaded at this point. Mm-hmm. They're going to squat slowly to the bottom position, exactly. hold in that bottom position for two to three seconds, and then stand up as fast as they can. And the idea is to find the positions where they where their legs are, are, are or where they begin to lose. Uh, right correct technique and we may pause below that position and pause above that position, those kind of things to gain strength and control of the movement. The idea is that they're fighting for good positioning. So, you know, it's kind of teetering that line of, Hey, you know, an inch more of depth and the knees are going to cave. We're going to lose our brace, but we're going to keep it an inch higher than that. And we're going to force time there so that they get stronger at this position. Maybe the, in the next couple weeks, we'll be able to hit that next inch of depth. A, a younger less experienced athletes, say you have a seven-year-old just mm-hmm. starting soccer, we might start with holds only. Mm-hmm. And we just call it, we're going to freeze in position as a beginning motor pattern training is just holding that before we start to move them through the range of motion, just because we want them to see and embed static position first. Mm-hmm. So what would you guys say is the most important pattern to strength train for a soccer athlete? I'd go with two. With two. The first would be the squat pattern. Yeah. And the second would be lunge pattern. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both equally important. Oftentimes we spend, I think, especially strength and conditioning coaches, we spend time, you know, I want the kids to squat and I want them to learn how to squat mm-hmm. well. But sport is played you know, on, often played on one leg. So mm-hmm. the one the single leg is important to train as well. Yeah, I would argue that the lunge pattern is actually significantly more important for a soccer player than a uh, 
than a squat pattern is. You're probably right. Because we're unilateral almost the entire game in, in the game of soccer, right? So we're spending time on the majority of our time on a single leg. And then also for the importance of keeping the body balanced, if they're constantly kicking with their right leg because they're stronger on their right leg, now we're creating some imbalances, some asymmetries that can lead to injuries down the line as well. So spending time working on both legs, both sides, creating equal amounts of stability, equal amounts of strength. The lunge pattern is the the most important pattern. And, unsur- and so unsurprisingly, if they get stronger on their weak side, they can start to use that and they become a better, better player because they're going to be able to kick more and, and be more capable with that, their offside. And something to, to think about too and consider as coaches is uh, the, the width right? Or the length of their lunge, mess around with different lengths, have them do, you know, backwards lunge and reverse lunges, walking lunges, stationary lunges, mess around with the distance between their feet. Something to note is that in most sports, an athletic position is going to be wider. So putting them in a wider stance is going to be more beneficial than having them narrow stance, lunge or squat. Whenever you watch a soccer player go to kick the ball, you watch how far apart their feet get. That's more athletic and applicable to that sport than a, a narrow stance would be. Also a little harder to move on the field, right? Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit. So in terms of like takeaways. A couple, couple things to take away. Spend time in the lunge pattern. Mm-hmm. Spend time working on lunge pattern. And that is really, if you think about this, what we're, what we're really asking for is single leg support. So mm-hmm. you talk about lunge pattern. I, I would go with also step ups and, and things like mm-hmm. that as part of that. Single leg hops for the basic. Well, yeah, well, I think that's the, the next kind of thing is start, I would start working barefoot. So mm-hmm. strength barefoot. We want to strengthen the calves. We want to strengthen the feet. So on top of the, working with the squat and lunge patterns, we do, we start with barefoot work. We start with some calf raises, move to pogos, which are just simply jumping up and down the balls of the foot. You're jumping up and down on the double or with both feet and then move to single foot. And then finally, you know, it's doing jump rope work with, yeah, with barefoot, barefoot jump rope work. Yeah. Spend time in the lunge pattern, like as far as a roadmap, giving you guys a roadmap to, to help these athletes and help bulletproof them. Number one on the checklist would be that barefoot strength, right? So calf raises, pogos, double and single leg support, jump rope. So that they're constantly building strength and around the position of their ankle and building a barefoot strength. And then the lunge pattern, right? Again, step ups, single leg RDLs, unilateral movements for the legs where they're strengthening and calling in for a lot of the, the single leg work that we did around the ankle. And then also spending time in the bottom of the squat, spending time in the bottom of the lunge and just messing around with the position there right? Driving the knee out, maybe putting your hands down on their feet, feeling the arches of their foot engage and just spending time there to increase the range of motion. A couple extra things on the barefoot for the littles and the less experienced. We can have them draw the alphabet with their foot. So stand on one foot and with the other foot, you're drawing the letter A and the arrow drawing the letter B and you'll, they will feel that they're having to engage the muscles of the foot and some fun things, just grabbing socks, throwing themselves, grabbing a towel, trying to throw it to themselves, pick it back up, Grab socks, hop around. There's some games we have, stinky feet, so we can put that in the notes also. So you can see that as a way to engage kids on strengthening the foot, ankle from the beginning. Absolutely. So that's how to uh, bulletproof your athletes for soccer. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, 
programming and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.